Yo, 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 what up, 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 welcome back to a new episode, a hot, fresh off the presses episode of You Watching or Not, I'm Kurt, I'm Marcus, and what is poppin', sorry for the long delay, we have missed y'all, we know y'all have missed us, That's and if you didn't, you should have, this is some real shit, you know you don't find two entertaining niggas like this nowhere, stop playing with us out here, man, you know what I'm saying, that's a fact. These are all facts right here, straight up and down. What's up, man? What's going man. on with you? It's a lot going on. It's a lot going on. I feel like we don't really... There's so much to get into because like, it's been so long since we dropped the episode that like I feel like we don't really got time to waste. I mean, the world kind of opened up a little bit from COVID. Mm-hmm. Fucking, we got World War Three right around the corner. Mm-hmm. Me and you had a schism. Mm-hmm. And that's a whole fucking, episode in itself. And Will Smith slapped Chris Rock. I don't know where to start. It's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot been going on. It's a whole lot of other shit that's been going on, bro. That's real shit. But I will mm-hmm. say this: our fans, our four fans, yes, with their unwavering. Uh, well, we got a new fan too. But I think we lost one, so I'm going to keep it at four. (laughs) But our fans have showed unwavering support for us. So shout out to all of y'all. Big shout out. Our new fan. Shout out to my man, Finley. Young boy. He's Canadian. He's a cool nigga, man. He called him CF, maybe. I don't know what he... He said his friends call him CF. I said that don't roll off the tongue. It don't. It don't. It sounds like a It's a weird nickname. But he's he's Canadian, though. But that's my man. He's a cool young dude, man. I fuck with Finley. So shout out to Finn. What up, Finn? What up, Finn? Um, I, I, feel said, like, I feel like CF is like a part number. Like it should have some a dash and some numbers after it. So, But Finley rocks. I like Finley. Yeah. Well, he said that he said they used to call him CF Money. And so he, I didn't even tell him because he's young, right? And I'm an old nigga. Yeah. But he don't know that we're kindred spirits in that way because I was also named after a currency. Yeah. C-Note. Yeah. My man Isaiah, who doesn't listen, so I'm re- we're gonna redact his name with a beep. <laughs> <laughs> he called me Kurt Money, so you know, um, no, you know, it, it, that's what it is. But anyway, my man John called me C Note, but Finley said we do a lot of shout outs, and I said I love shout outs. Is how you let the people know that you fucks with them. Mm-hmm. You feel me? So, you no, know, but yeah, man, I got you know what? I think that we should we shouldn't waste time on all of that shit. We'll give yeah. a small catch up on us, but. We should get rolling because if we do, that shit's going to be an eight-hour podcast. Maybe we'll do it a will. catch-up episode or something. And I want to... Okay. So, you know, we talked about our schism and and you mentioned that's a whole episode within itself. We're not going to get into the whole thing, but I will say this. You and me together uh, on our own paths have been doing a lot of growing as men. Yes. And, and we're at the age where... We're just realizing like how much of a struggle growing and maturing and always doing what's right. Not only not always doing what is manly, quote unquote, but doing what's right is a lot more fucking difficult, but it's a lot more rewarding than it may seem. And um, and I want to give you a shout out, man, for always like being there for me through the tough times, through the through the hard times, sharing the good times with you um, and just always inspiring me. To, to grow as a man. You know what I'm saying? Like, to me, that means a lot. 
I appreciate that, brother. You're definitely welcome. I mean, we that's the that's the thing, right? Like you got other siblings, but you're the oldest. Mm-hmm. And I got one other sibling, and she's a woman, right? So it's yeah. like I feel like out of everybody, you're my brother. I've known you the longest out of all my friends. I'm the closest with you, right? And mm-hmm. it's like it's. It, I feel like me and you just always only had each other. You can't really go to your little brother. You you did you know in some instances yeah. once we got older, but for most since we were what twelve years old, mm-hmm. we just had each other. So we fucking up, going off to others fuck us <laughs> trying to fix shit. <laughs> but you know so no I appreciate that man I feel the same for you and I and it's crazy I was just telling my dad this and um I wanted to thank you because like we be having the most grown man conversations bro mm-hmm. like. Just man shit, right? Yeah. Like we just call and we talk like and and in other spaces where like you just kinda listen to your man vent, we can I ask you a lot of questions, right? Like how did how did you take that from this person and not take it personally? Mm-hmm. How do you when you feel yourself getting upset about this, how do you scale that back and understand you know, all of these questions that I ask you that I wouldn't necessarily feel comfortable or safe asking somebody else. Right, right. So shout out to you too, bro. Appreciate that, man. I love you, man. I love you, man. I love you more, <laughs> brother. This is real shit. This ain't gay shit. This is man shit. This is man shit. <laughs> now, Straight with all that down. gay shit out the way, man, I feel I really feel like we got to get straight to it. Otherwise, we're back to the days of like two hour podcasts. Um, man, that is, but we're not rushing shit. No, we're not rushing. We just got a lot to talk about. <laughs> I do. feel like, and 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 so with that being said, this is going to be. Episode 20, Binti for all my Spanish mommies. What's up? Como se llamas? Dame beso. Ben aquí, mami. You know what I'm saying? All that shit. Tango el gato, los pantalones. All that. You ever seen a black Latin lady lover? I don't think so. You know what I'm saying? don't, Don't sleep on it and respect me, man. This is real shit. I ain't going to go down there. They know what it is with me. Man. Yeah, man. I mean, you done already told them how many times you like quadruple lingual and shit. All of that, bro. I speak Ebonics. Yup. English. Yup. Spanish. Facts. And a little bit of coding on the computer. Oh, shit. Learn the code. <laughs> Learn the code for all my white niggas in the Midwest. <laughs> no, nah, those are, no, nah, no. Nah, it's, it's computer code. It's all the Indian niggas in my building, in my neighborhood. You know how to do it. This is a fact. All right, bro, Marcus. So this is episode 20. Yep. What we got on the slate today, brother? Kurt Dog. We are watching 1982's The Thing. The Thing. One of your favorites, right? One of my favorites. One of my favorites. Specifically, okay, so like generally, if this was a newer movie or, you know, a movie that's been around the block a couple times, a more popular movie, and we'll get we'll kind of get to that, I would I would kind of I would kind of be interested in questioning, you know, your background, your history with the movie. But with this one particular, I know you haven't seen it. Never seen it. And uh and 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 I'm really interested to get your take on this. All right. Well, so this is what I will say before we really get into it. I knew this was one of your favorite movies going in. Yeah. This is a movie that I feel like ratchets up the volume every 20, 30 minutes for you. 
And after the first, after the second Ratchet, I was like, I see why this is his favorite movie. And and honestly, it made me excited to continue to see how far they were going to go with this shit. Okay. So okay, it, it, it's a it, this is a this was an interesting watch for me. Cool, cool. With that being said, you want to you want to give us the little? Uh, do you have the rundown? I got it. In remote Antarctica. A group of American research scientists are disturbed at the base camp by a helicopter shooting at a sled dog. Mm-hmm. When they take in the dog, it brutally attacks both human beings and canines in the camp, and they discover that the beast can assume the shape of its victims. Mm. A resourceful helicopter pilot, played by Kurt Russell, and camp doctor, Richard Dysart, lead the camp crew in a desperate, gory battle against a vicious creature before it picks all of them off one by one. Fucking A. Fucking A. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> we gonna get there. We gonna get there. <laughs> All right. So, so, so quick movie details, right? This movie was directed by John Carpenter. Um, his history is, is solidified. He's responsible for Halloween, Stephen King's Christine, um, Escape from L.A., Escape from New York. My favorite movie of all time, Big Trouble in Little China. So like with that and, and countless others, um, with that being said, he seems to specialize in horror and Kurt Russell movies. This is a fact. Um, interesting fact I wanted to bring to your attention. He's 74 years old, but is still very interested in directing a film adaptation of Dead Space. Oh, wow. OK. And I, I think after it's up his alley. Right. I was going to say, like, after watching this movie, do you think that's a good idea, a bad idea? I think, well, so this is the crazy shit. I've never played Dead Space. Okay. But I know a, I know a lot of the game. Okay. And I think that would be a great idea. Okay. Um, as far as the writing on this movie, so this movie is has an interesting history. This movie is based on a 1951 novella called The Thing from Another World. Which in turn was based on a 1938 novella called Who Goes There? Oh, okay. So this is a movie based on a book based on a book. And then... Inse- um, movie, book, Inception. Yeah. Hell Still yeah. never seen Inception, so I don't know where you're going Might be my next pick. But <laughs> um, as you mentioned, this movie stars Kurt Russell, who is the man. If you haven't seen a Kurt Russell movie, go kill yourself. Um... This movie also stars Keith David, who to me is one of my favorite actors. He's one of my favorite underrated actors. A lot of people don't know they've seen Keith David, but he's like his his acting repertoire like reaches into everything. He was in Disney's uh, Frog and the Princess. He was in Armageddon. He's in Requiem for a Dream. If you're a gamer, you know Keith David as Spawn from Mortal Kombat 11. He was mm. the Arbiter in Halo. He did the voice yeah. of the Arbiter in Halo. He was the voice of Sergeant Foley in Modern Warfare 2. And I know that you knew his voice as David Anderson in Mass Effect. And and he was also, what you missed is, he was also in the first Saints Row game, which is a criminally underrated video game. It has to be, because I never played it. I always it's looked so, at and it. it was, Go ahead. It was so good. And I, I think I know where you're going. I'll let you finish, then I'll jump in. Yeah, I was like, to me, it was like, okay, there's this other game that's not Grand Theft Auto. I'd rather just play Grand Theft Auto. And I get that. And it was, but it was a different, it was like a, it was a more polished Grand Theft Auto. Like, 
everything was smoother and the movements were smoother in the game. Like, okay. you know, Grand Theft Auto have really good gameplay mechanics and a good formula, right, mm-hmm. to keep you engaged. But this mm-hmm. one, it had the same, but I felt like it was better. The graphics were better. Everything about it, the voice acting was really good as well. Like, it def- and then they just kind of, they saw that. People were kind of going that way, so they just kind of tried to be as silly as they could. Yeah. But that first game is a little more serious, and it's good. Okay. It's really good. Um, this movie also stars Wilford Brimley. Did you recognize Wilford Brimley? I did not. Wilford Brimley is the Liberty Medical Diabetes Test Strips guy. Oh, I really? know you remember that commercial. I, of course. Of <laughs> course. That's American history right there. The diabetes test strips. <laughs> so yeah, the 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 guy that plays uh, the scientist that locks himself in his uh-huh. that's Wilford Brimley. That's the that's the Liberty Medical Diabetes Test Strips. Okay, and then that's the only thing I know him from. He's got a long list of credits. He's been around the block for a long time before he passed away. But uh, but when I watched it, I was like, hey, that's the that's the diabetes dude. I didn't I didn't even <laughs> put it together. Um, this movie had a budget of fifteen million dollars. It brought mm-hmm. in nineteen point eight million dollars, mm-hmm. and at the time was considered a massive failure and was critically received as a terrible box office flop. Critics lauded its practical effects and cinematography, but absolutely hated its nihilism, hopelessness, and gore. Mm. It wasn't until like the after the the release to home video and TV broadcast where it became a cult flash, a cult classic. It's on endless top one hundred, top fifty, top ten, and even top five list. Um, it's on Empire's five hundred greatest movies of all time at number two hundred eighty nine. Um, and then after the fact, all the critics went back and they watched it again in in like separating it from the time. And they, they like most of like the bigger critics, the Christopher, or the Roger Ebert, who mm-hmm. hated it at the time, went back and said, most of the reason this movie was so poorly received was in 1982, it was just oversat- an oversaturation of horror, sci fi, fantasy. Um, to give you an example of the movies that were out and released in the same year as this movie, you have E.T., Blade Runner. Conan the Barbarian, Poltergeist, Star Wars 2, Wrath of Khan, Mad Max 2, and Tron. Hmm. Star so Wars 2? Star Trek 2. Star Trek 2, okay. Yeah. Um, all that in mind, this movie currently holds an 8.2 on IMDb, an mm-hmm. 83% on Rotten Tomatoes, and mm-hmm. a 57 on Metacritic. And a 91% like on Google. Ooh. Yeah. So, with all that being said, and knowing that you've never seen this film, I cannot wait to get into it. Okay. Well, that's all I got. That's all you got? Yeah. Let's go. All right. So, you will drive, but I think let's just take a quick detour and let me drive, okay? Yeah. So, the movie starts off. It has a fucking beautiful shot. Um... I was very, very shocked at how good this movie looked for it being so old. Like, mm-hmm. it the cut, it was a very bright movie, and it's a horror movie, and I thought that was very weird. It starts off with a terrible family sex joke, and I was like, what the fuck is this about? Like, 
this is really bad writing. Who would write this? And um, it, it just looked weird. And so um, when they're driving on the ice and they fall through, I thought that was a kind of a weird shot. And I was like, well, you know, but this is cool. Like the special, I couldn't believe how good these special effects were, bro. But anyway, so the movie continues on and um, a scientist is in there. She's working on a dead animal. And um, this guy comes in with a really weird, he's like, hey, why don't you come to to Antarctica with me? And she doesn't know. He won't tell her what's going on and she wants to go. And I was wondering, like, the curiosity, if you're like a scientist or a doctor of shit, Mm -hmm will make you make bad decisions. Right. Right? Like, I don't... I feel like that curiosity just drives you to jump in out of whatever window. And so, um, the chick, who's the scientist... Um, I didn't write her name down here, but she looks like Megan Boone, the actress from the show Blacklist, mm-hmm. who I find moderately attractive in a weird way. Okay. It's very odd. Then there was a guy in the helicopter with her that looked like um, Tor- Tormund the Giant Spain. And I was about 15 minutes into this movie with no Kurt Russell when I realized I was watching the wrong The Thing. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking asshole. What an idiot. I was like, what the... F-? I was like, yo, hold up. Because I was... Burgess. <laughs> understand, bro. Because you were looking crazy as hell just now. You're like, what the fuck is he talking about? I appreciate you letting me finish, though. <laughs> but, bro... I, no, I think it's like twenty minutes because you know I know this movie is Kurt Russell is in it, right? Yeah. But Marcus, the shit, the cinematography from this shit was so fucking good. I'm like, bro, I don't, I haven't seen any old movie that they updated that looked this fucking good. Well, maybe because <laughs> you're watching a movie from 2011 or 16, whenever the fuck that movie came out. This is the wrong movie. <laughs> so. So yes, I, we will touch on that. But there was there was a prequel to the thing that was released in 2011 that was also called the thing. So I that don't know why they did that. Okay, did that, that makes sense because that and I and, and I paid for it. So I'm a double <laughs> dumbass, right? I paid for the shit, and then the, because so I was watching this, and um, I had to stop and go. I had to stop and go get my daughter from daycare, and then I finished it. Um, but because of the, like having to pick up my daughter and work and shit, I didn't get to go back and watch the new one. So I just wasted like $5 (laughs) and and watched the wrong and, and 25 minutes or 20 minutes of my time. But yeah, I got like 20 minutes in and I was like, okay, first of all, like, how is there no Kurt Russell? (laughs) You know, like how I've never seen a movie where they went this far without showing a main character. The main but, star of the movie. Yeah. And so I thought that was very, very weird. Um, and so in my notes after that, I put, okay, real movie time. <laughs> so you can take back the steering wheel and drive and tell me what you are drinking on over there. Um, I am drinking. Okay. So I tried to, in honor of this movie, drink some J&B. Problem is, I can't find J&B. Okay. I don't know why. I don't know if it's discontinued. Uh, the makers of J&B, if you're out there, um, holla at your boy and send me some J&B in honor of uh, RJ McCready. Because I, I would really fucking appreciate it. So instead, I'm just drinking Jim Beam. I still get a J. I still get a B. And in that sense, I'm still honoring this film while we make this podcast. So and with I that think, being said, I think that's a good job. Good thank job you, man. 
uh, Jim Beam also holla at us. Yeah, man, send us some. We, you know, you just got some free advertisement on the top one thousand podcasts in the world. One hundred percent in the top one thousand. And honestly, top one hundred as far as content is concerned. But you know, Bruh, we'll, the people, we'll let the, the people, people, the people. This is what the people are wanting. They've already been reached out to us, pressing us. Yo, when you guys putting out another, when you guys, when you, I told this, I told this nigga, hey dog, when you think we can record? His response was a laundry list of people that are asking us to hurry up and put it on another podcast. Tell us we not killing shit. Killing Tell us we're not killing shit. I come smack you in the face myself. Kurt done already told you I'm about two months away from being a Texas Ranger. I pre-ordered his jacket with the tassels. Bruh, I, done, I was already doing the jujitsu. I'm doing kickboxing. I started doing yoga so I can kick niggas higher in the head in case they're taller than me. We're not playing. Straight we coming up. for the crown. Hogan, we coming for you, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Let's get into the real. All right, let's go. Let's go. Funny shit, though. Got some. (laughs) When I I worried about it because, like, you sent me a picture that said the thing, and I was like, "That's not the right opening," but it does say John Carpenter. I don't. (laughs) It was the end. He was at the wrong one. (laughs) No, that was at the end. Yeah, that's the the final title card. Okay. So in Antarctica, a Norwegian helicopter pursues a sled dog to an American research station. The Americans witnessed the Norwegian passenger accidentally blow up the helicopter and himself. The pilot shoots the dog and shouts at the Americans, but they cannot understand him, and he is shot in self-defense by Station Commander Gary. The American helicopter pilot, R.J. McCready, and Dr. Copper leave to investigate the Norwegian base. Among the charred ruins and frozen corpses, they find the burned remains of a malformed humanoid, which they recover to the American station. Their biologist, Blair, performs autopsies on the remains and finds a normal set of human organs. Okay, so, got a couple questions for you. Mm -hmm. How hard would it be to shoot a dog from a helicopter that's moving? I don't feel like it would be very hard. Really? Yeah. I, I feel like that would be extremely difficult. I don't think it would be difficult. And uh, that actually links to one of my notes. I think that Norwegian was such a good, such a bad shot because of those fucking goggles he was wearing. (laughs) But if I found myself in an Arctic slash Antarctic tundra, I'm wearing the shit out of those goggles. This is a fact. This is a fact. Actually, that goes to one of my notes. The Norwegian's goggles, the the Skateland skates that your man yeah, the was skate wearing. Land skates, yeah, yeah. And McCready's fucking sombrero. The the motherfuckers in this movie are dripping. Yeah, it's a lot of drip right here. A whole lot. A whole lot. <laughs> I feel like if he didn't have those goggles on, he probably would have made that shot pretty easy. Well, I also think that he's a scientist, so he's just a shit shot. You know what Pro- I'm saying? Like, good call. You know. Good call. How so do you know he's a scientist? Did you watch assume. the wrong fucking movie? <laughs> 20 minutes of the shit. Like a fucking asshole. Uh. Dumbass. Um, and then this is the other thing. Nobody thought to just let him kill the dog. Because mm. this is always, that's always my thing, right? Like, so wait, we don't talk, you did talk about it in the recap. 
They land the helicopter. He jumps off the helicopter. Nigga throws a grenade to try. Well, he tries to throw a grenade at the fucking dog. Mm -hmm. It slips out. He runs to recover the grenade, blows himself up in the helicopter. The scientist looks at it like, oh shit, and then continues to pursue the dog. Any, listen, if a nigga watches his only mode of transportation get blown up and one of his friends Mm -hmm. and doesn't even hesitate to continue to try to kill this thing, this is a big problem that I don't want to be a part of, bro. (laughs) I'm going to help him. I'm going to help him. Yeah. Because it's a dog. You know what I'm saying? There's no morality there for me to choose. Like, the dog obviously did something. I feel like... He's not chasing his dog because it ate his shoelace. I feel like you have no heart. Because if I see anybody doing anything cruel to a dog, we're going to get... We're going to have a problem. I'm not going to ask questions about what the dog did. Or none of that. I'm a dog guy. If I see anybody doing anything foul to any dog, we're going to have issues. Even if you just saw him blow up yeah. his only boat yeah. to be stranded in the Arctic tundra. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm I guess I'm just dog. too. I guess I'm just too logical, bro. That shit. You are. Something that's right there. You're 100% logical, and that's why I could not wait to watch this movie with you. Um, <laughs> okay. This is the other thing. So when they're at the, they went, they went to the new Norwegian base. It's burnt yes. up. Shit's fucked up. They're creeping around in there. They don't know. They're seeing fucked up shit, right? They discover a body in the chair. <laughs> and the fucking, the fucking dude that's with McCready screams at him. Mm-hmm. It would have scared the dog. I would have shot him. <laughs> McCready! I was like, what the fuck? You scream like that, bro. <laughs> Why would you do that? You know what I'm saying? And we're, we're going to find out later that McCready is not the one to be fucked with. No, McCready is not a pussy. Which leads me to this. Uh, how much pussy did Kurt Russell get in his day? Mm. That was a handsome motherfucker, man. Bro, that beard? That that beard? That, his hair and his beard. With those steely blue eyes? Very <laughs> handsome man. I was like, wow. Yeah, yeah. Uh... And a then I, I don't know if this is later, but I'll just talk about it now. Go ahead. I used to, I used to, I used to always get Kurt Russell and Patrick Swayze confused when I was a kid. I can see that. And so I've Googled them now, you know, being an adult and look, and I can kind of see it like why I might have, you know, and I can it's not, see it too. It's not a small thing because when I Googled them, I Googled one at a time, but one there was a search that said, why do, uh, why do I, there was a website and I don't know what it took. I didn't click on it, but it said, why do I always get Patrick Swayze confused with Kurt Russell? So I'm not <laughs> the only person. So there's other people out here to do the same thing. Hey, shout out to my sister, Kim, uh, who told me that I look like a mixed Patrick Swayze. And I never understood why she said that until I, I watched Dirty Dancing again as an adult. And I was like, okay. All right, I can. If my hair was different, and I was, I can see what she's getting at. I don't like the way this makes me feels, but I'm not mad at her now. <laughs> I don't, I don't see it. I have to watch Dirty Dancing because I don't see it. But maybe, maybe. Um, so we open up after the after the pretty awesome burn in title card. We open up with a with a little subtitle that says "Winner eighty two. Mm-hmm. This is when two kings were being born. This is a fact. I was born in October of 82. You're born in December of 82. That's it. 
That's it. Um, so I was and like, then, it kind of shows you how crazy the world is, right? Like, our parents are on the others on the top of the world mm-hmm. compared to these guys celebrating our births, and they're over there fighting this shit off. Yeah, freezing their dicks off. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, <laughs> it was in the opening of this movie where I noticed, and then throughout the rest of the movie as well, um, I noticed the cinematography those 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 big helicopter sweeping shots. Um, Antarctica's got to be one of the coolest places in the world. Coolest place. I and I wanted to ask you this: Would you? No go visit? pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> that was a really good zinger. That was a really good. I didn't even catch that one. I like that. <laughs> you know. Um, would you? you, would, ask you visit, what? would you visit Antarctica? Yes, one hundred percent. Yeah, I would need to really have research on what where I'm going to be staying and shit. But I would like to go as well. I feel like that's a place like it's only one of those on the planet. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's really cool. I feel like the shit you see, the feelings you get, the experience that that cannot be experienced anywhere else, and that's got to be that's got to be like if I feel like if I was ever given the means to travel to Antarctica, there's no way I would turn that down. I agree. I agree. Um, um go ahead. Um. Why? Oh. Okay. So they find the they they find the humanoid. Mm-hmm. Why the fuck did they bring it back to camp? Am I jumping ahead? No. No. Okay. The movie's so got a movie. But I mean, like, okay. If you I mean, I, listen, I I get that it's science shit, right? And a yeah. remarkable discovery. But yeah. at some point, you have to read the writing on the wall, like. I, I don't know. Is this is this just science shit? Is this white people shit? Like what is I it? I think it's science shit. Because okay. Blair, the guy who went with McCready, is a biologist. And if you to find a thing, a thing that looks human, but it has like eight limbs instead of four, and it has two faces that seem to be fused together, like and you're a biologist by trade, and Blair is old as fuck, so he's been a biologist for a long time. I feel like you just, you got to find out what the fuck's going on. Okay. All right. Okay. Um, I'm good with that. One of the things I noticed was that during the helicopter chase, the guy shooting at the dog, the grenades going off, the explosion of the helicopter, and his uh, buddy getting shot because one of the guys gets hit in the leg. And the guy, the Norwegian who's doing all the shooting, McCready never drops his bottle of (laughs) (laughs) J&B. I've never noticed that. (laughs) Because as soon as he gets up, he runs over and he gives the bottle to the guy who just got shot. (laughs) Oh, man. That's true. He does. Okay. Okay. And then then I also wanted to touch that. The the stuff we see at the Norwegian uh, base, we start to get a look at some of the practical effects. And then, like you already talked about, there's a prequel from 2011 called The Thing. That movie details, if you would have watched it all the way through, that movie details what happened at that Norwegian base. So that movie, the 2011 Thing prequel, is the story of that Norwegian base. So if you're interested in watching it, it I mean, like it kind of ties it all together. The end of that movie ends with the helicopter starting the chasing of the dog. Don't watch it. The CG is terrible. <laughs> okay. Did you watch it? 
I have seen it. Okay. All right. I've even done the thing where I watch The Thing 2011, and then I pick up on The Thing 1982, so it looks like one big seamless three-and-a-half-hour movie, and, like, that first movie is just so bad. But okay, it's there. Okay. It's something okay. you can do. Okay. Good, good? I'm good. All right, moving on. Clark kennels the sled dog, and it soon metamorphoses in and absorbs the station dogs. This disturbance alerts the team, and Childs uses, uses a flamethrower to incinerate the creature. Blair autopsy, autopsies the new creature and learns that it can perfectly imitate other organisms. Recovered Norwegian data leads the Americans to a large excavation site containing a partially buried alien spacecraft and a smaller human-sized dig site. Norris estimates the alien ship has been buried for at least 100,000 years. Blair grows paranoid after running a computer simulation that indicates the creature could assimilate all life on Earth in a matter of years. The station implements controls to reduce the risk of assimilation. All right, so... What the fuck did that dog turn into? What the fuck? Was that some type of demon spaghetti monster? Like, what the fuck was that? I love... This is the thing I loved about this scene. Soon as that fucking alien dog started acting weird, the other dog, and we know, right? It's on record. Huskies are some of the smartest dogs. Soon as that shit started acting a little weird... The other husky was like, yo, Ayo, help, come help us. He went, he went to the little hole in the fence and put his mouth out there like, hey, yo, yo, like, come get us. <laughs> Something ain't right. Something's fucked up in here. So I, I really enjoyed that about the scene. Um, mm-hmm. I thought this was some really bad claymation, but it was probably so on point for back then. I was going to say, like. Putting on, like, to to watch this movie and really understand why it's so lauded for its practical effects, you have to put on your 1982 glasses and look at all the other movies that came out around, like, the early 80s and, and look at what this movie was doing. So, like, yeah, the red things that come out of the dog, they look like the Terror Park Twizzlers. <laughs> yeah. But... If you had never seen anything like that before, this had to like really creep you the fuck out. Like this dog well, I, is, I'll this keep it real. dog thing is like spraying shit at other dogs, and it looks like it's eating them, but like it's eating them without going by them. It's it. I'm gonna keep it real. As bad as it looked, as some of it looked, it mm-hmm. just creeped me the fuck out. <laughs> and and like I said, for for its time, I know this was probably like so mind blowing. Right, like okay, it's like seeing a real life hologram in in person. Um, Also, this is one of the ugliest monsters I've ever seen in any form of media ever. (laughs) This is ugly, and it was it was scary now. So I know that shit was terrifying (laughs) back in nineteen eighty two. Um, that's good, man. That's good. So I I was wondering, like, so the kennel scene kind of gives us our first look at the thing, right? Yes. So. Mm Did you, once you saw the thing, did you are like, once you saw, okay, what the fuck happened to this dog? What the, okay, now I understand why the helicopter was trying to kill this thing. Did you, at this point in, in your first watch, your first run, did you have any, did you have a take on where this movie was going? 
No, not really. I no. I kind of because in the synopsis it says a shapeshifter. Okay. So I kind of had a a little bit of an idea, especially when it ate the dog. It, it kind of had a dog face. It was turning into the dog face thing, mm-hmm. and it made sense to me. So I got it. Um, but I wasn't really sure where it was going to go. Okay. We see. We see the UFO from the title sequence. Mm-hmm. And then we find out that like that title sequence took place a hundred thousand years ago, and I thought that was pretty cool. That was very cool. Um, also, your man really did an autopsy on the dead alien thing. Yeah, man. I don't know why. If that thing. Like, I'm, like, I, I, okay, I get it, but I don't get it. No, I don't. Like, I fought for the dude when I'm like, okay, bring the weird humanoid thing back. But you just saw this thing, right? I, I'm not touching that. No. I'm not touching that. And I'm killing all the dogs that were in there. Anything that survived that it touched, I'm burning it. Burning Shooting everything. anything that but, moves. <laughs> but the other thing is, um, he's the smartest guy here, right? Like, Blair. Blair. Blair's the smartest guy here. He figures this shit out immediately. Yep. Like, he, he puts it together so quick. He also knows that your man that was in the kennel with him is a little bit suspect. Mm-hmm. He's like trying to feel him out and shit, but why was you know when they when he he tells it to some people he told somebody they kind of figured out they talked to him about it and they're like are you buying any of this and he kind of just kept quiet yeah. he didn't say anything it was, I thought that was very weird and then the part that got me he ran the simulation and it said that there was a seventy five percent chance that somebody in the shit was infected mm-hmm. and so he. Goes in the drawer. He grabs his, his little pea shooter cannon. You know what I'm saying? Got his jammy. He pulled his, he, he, he pulled his fucking pea shooter larkin out. And I was like, he's about to put in some work on niggas. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody got some work put on. We going to get yeah. to it. Yeah. <laughs> we going to get to yeah. it. Um, okay. There's a, there's a Chariots of the God reference um, between, fuck, I can't, part, I think is it Palmer. Palmer, mm-hmm. the guy that's smoking weed all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the guys are like, what the fuck? You, you're talking about this shit is alien. And they were in Palmer's like chariots of the gods, man. Um, are you familiar with chariots of the gods? No. So at the time when this movie came out, chariots of the gods uh, was a book that was written by a guy named uh, Eric Von Daniken. And his book became the basis for the show Ancient Aliens. Really? How much do you buy into that shit? That there's ancient aliens? Ancient aliens. They've been here for a while. They teach us shit. I believe it. Okay. I believe I it. I don't. You don't? No, I think it's super interesting, but I, I don't know if I believe ancient aliens. The ancient I, aliens I, theory. I don't know about them teaching us shit, but I feel like aliens have been here before. Because they got weird alien face shit inside the pyramids. Okay. Okay. That actually leads to my next note. The movie shifts our focus to alien life forms as the antagonist. Mm-hmm. So, you think aliens are definitely a thing? I do. I do. I know you do. A hundred percent. Yeah. I just I don't know if I buy that they've been here. I I mean this is the thing, right? If they're if they've been around longer than us. Yeah. And, they, and and let's say that they have a civilization that isn't, their main concern isn't killing each other like mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. If you think about that, right? 
while while the competition does breed some great shit, right? Like space race and all of that. If 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 we never had think about everything, all of the resources and all of the science that goes into destruction on our planet, right? The yeah. evolution of swords, yeah, to guns, to missiles, to nuclear bombs, right? If you if we take all of that time and really focused it, we would have colon, colonized Mars already. I have a scary fact. Okay. The first flight, like going back to the the Wright brothers, right? Mm-hmm. When we discovered how to put a vehicle up in the air, mm-hmm. was only about ten years away from World War One. In World War One, we were already trying to figure out how to drop explosives from the thing we had just discovered <laughs> 10 years ago. It's wild, bro. Right? It's like, we're wild. savage fucking creatures. We're yes. savage creatures. Yes. But, like, I feel like, I don't know, if there is a real, like, sentient alien life form and they can come here and we can't go there, mm-hmm. the game, like, I don't, the game's already over. It's <laughs> We're we're playing on their terms, but well, they might have. If ancient aliens is right, they might have came right and been like, "Look at these fucking guys!" Like they they fucking <laughs> they still shit in the street <laughs> and fucking walk over it every day, right? Like they just like they taught us other. how to make a toilet, or but not even that. But they're like you know they kill they 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 treat each other bad to build a pyramid to name after themselves. Yeah, that's all that they want. We don't need to go back. They're going to fucking kill themselves. And, you know, there's nothing yeah. that we can do for them. Man, we just need let's to say, better. Let's say, let's say, right? Let's say. And I know we're kind of going left, but let's just say. No, let's go there. This movie's about aliens. We need to go there. <laughs> let's say that, let's say that the aliens came and they, they showed us how to build. So are you aware of the conspiracy about the pyramids around the world being like a, a electromagnetic thing that to, that gives like energy? I'm aware, Earth. yes, yes. Okay, I don't really know. It's not. I don't know it like that. But let's say that the aliens came here, and they set that up for us, right? Stonehenge, all shit that we don't know how to explain. All these yeah. pyramids are really connected, like they say in the conspiracy. Stonehenge, all of this shit that helps us survive. Yeah. Right? They come here, they spend 20 years building pyramids around the world because they can fly, we can't fly yet. They're getting everything together for us. And then... They see Alexander the Great or whoever, Julius Caesar, whoever just coming and fucking killing people because they want to take over where they are. Mm-hmm. We're not coming back. You, you know <laughs> what? You guys hold this. We'll see. <laughs> and, I, and I get it. There's no point. Like, what the fuck? Are, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I get yeah. it. I get it. Especially if it's a, because the thing is, it's so hard for us to understand aliens, right? Because it's like. All we know is us and what we do and how we operate. So imagine them coming here knowing how they operate to try to help us. Yeah. And we just fucking killing each other. And they're like, you know what? All right, bro. Let's so that, that kind of pushes me to my next question. Like, how do you think life would change if, like, if, if there was undisputable evidence and proof that Aliens, like, as a sentient life form, existed and had the capability to come to our planet. It would be worse. Everything on the planet would be worse. First of all, 
we would just make shit to kill them. Yeah. And then second of all, everybody would just be terrified and always worried about it. Like the doomsday preppers would be worse. It'd be more. Everything would be worse. Like it would just be worse. So you have no like faith in humanity to the to the extent that like the 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 emphasis wouldn't be on destroying them. The emphasis would be on like learning. The only way that that would happen is if they if the first contact was made with children. Mm. It would have to be children. I always say that if if aliens come to an adult, ninety five percent of adult people are going to try to kill it. Or find a way to kill it. Like a child is, you know, alien come to a child like, you know. Yeah. The kid going to be like, he going to stare at it, but he's going to wave back. And then if they try to show them shit, even up to maybe like 10 years old. Yeah. But I feel Dude, like. I feel like, I feel like if they came to me first, like if I'm the first person. Like if I pull out my, like there's an alien and I pull out my phone and they don't go, they don't run away. They're just like, you want to communicate? I'm just like, where are you from? Talk to me. What's up? Here's yeah, I'm my not name. Gonna lie. Aliens gonna kill me because I'm gonna fucking. I need. I have so many questions. <laughs> I need answers, bro. I need. Yeah. You have to tell me what's going on here. So if we can, if if the alien could get here and communicate with me, if he's gonna kill me, he's gonna kill me because I'm gonna ask these questions. Sorry, <laughs> I got a lot of questions to ask. <laughs> a lot of questions indeed. All right. The malformed humanoid creature assimilates in isolated bennings, but Windows interrupts the process and McCready burns the bennings thing. Blair sabotages all the vehicles, kills the remaining sled dogs, and destroys the radio to prevent escape. The team imprisons him in a tool shed. Copper suggests a test to compare each member's blood against uncontaminated blood held in storage. But after learning the blood test, the blood stores have been destroyed. The men lose faith in Gary, and McCready takes command. Okay, so when I didn't understand a lot of shit that was going on here. Okay, uh, and I get some of it is movie shit, and it's crazy because we used to listen to a podcast, which is an influence for our podcast. Mm-hmm. And I would get a little bit annoyed because I felt like they were always picking shit apart. But this is very glaring to me. And okay. I get that it's a horror movie, and that's what you have to do in a horror movie. But the nigga literally says, it wants to isolate you to kill you. Mm-hmm. It's not going to attack you in a group. It just has to be one of us. Yes. So, two guys, go handle this. So, the two guys are handling it, and the nigga says, well, you go do this, and I'll stay. <laughs> the fuck? Like, come on, man. Like, why would you do that? But while he was in there alone. Soon as he walks out, he thinks he saw something move. The blanket moves. I know in the theater, niggas was shook. <laughs> that shit, boy, it didn't really scare me because you know now I've been watching horror movies for a long time, and this, you know, there's things in this movie that we've seen in other horror movies, right? Yeah. So I know what to expect. But okay. when that shit happened in 1982, I know niggas, somebody dropped their popcorn. <laughs> um. So and then, Blair, go ahead. Blair takes the pragmatic approach. Mm-hmm. Just the, the most practical resolution to this problem is nobody leaves. Mm-hmm. Do, do you see yourself trying to get out and save yourself? 
Or do you see yourself as like, nope, this this shit gets out, everybody because like keep in mind Blair already saw the the um the simulation. A couple of thousand hours. Like, if this thing gets out, the whole planet is dead within three years. Yeah. So do you see yourself as like get out, save yourself, or are you staying there making sure nobody gets out? I'm gonna keep it real, bro. Maybe this is because I've seen the movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like I would try to get the fuck out of there. But I am a greater good guy. So I think I might make the sacrifice for the greater good. Yeah. You know? But I don't... I don't. I, I feel like I would get out. I'm not mad at that, bro. Like, the 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 better part of me wants to say, nah, nah, I can't let this thing get out. I got, I got people I love. I got people I love. I got to save them. And saving them means nobody leaves. But I'd be like, I, well, fucking, I know I'm not infected. So fuck these guys. I'm out of here. I'm taking, I'm going to fuck up all the rest of their vehicles and the radios. Yep. I'm going to set this camp on fire and I'm taking this snow cat and I'm getting the fuck out of here. I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, How shook was your man when he saw the alien eating Bennings? Uh, windows? Oh, he's not fucking with that thing. Let me tell you how shook he was. <laughs> I think I think this probably gets overlooked by a lot of people. I'm very logical, right? Throughout the whole movie, they keep talking about how it's storming. It's going to be a storm. There is a storm. The McCready doesn't want to fly to the Swedish joint because it's a storm. Yeah. You know, they they hunker down in the camp because there's a, a storm coming, right? Mm-hmm. Ben, Windows sees this nigga eating Benny and he fucking runs out into the <laughs> Arctic night in a storm. With no coat. Yeah. No hat. <laughs> Run straight outside in a shirt. A t-shirt and jeans, bro. That's how scared he was. <laughs> I don't think people understand how, how cold that really is. We're talking minutes, right? Like, yeah. you're probably dead in three minutes out there with no coat. With no yeah. coat and shit. Yeah. And he That's... ran out there. He said, fuck this shit. <laughs> and I ain't mad at him. Because that thing's ugly as hell. <laughs> um... I really love the way the tension builds within the group as they start mm-hmm. to like not trust each other. Mm-hmm. Like when they, after all that shit goes down and then they're all standing in that little hallway and you know, Oh, well this guy had the locker key and I only got the locker key. Well, I gave it to him and like nobody trusts nobody. And then Gary gives up command like willfully. It was like, all right, none of you motherfuckers trust me. And he gives it to Norris and Norris was like, Nope. <laughs> and I appreciated that because Nor, you got to know yourself, right? And Norris like, I'm not cut out for this, bro. Like, know yourself, know yourself. Yeah, put yeah. the heart. So put the heart part and know yourself. Know your worth. Yeah, know yourself. <laughs> know your worth, nigga. But yeah, I appreciated that. McCready, Windows, and Nalls finds Fuchs' burnt corpse and surmises he committed suicide to avoid a simulation. Windows returns to the base while McCready and Nalls investigate McCready's shack. On their return, Nalls abandons McCready in the snowstorm, believing he has been assimilated after finding his torn clothes in the shack. The team debates whether to allow McCready inside, but he breaks in and hold the groups at, holds the group at bay with a bag of dynamite. During the encounter, Norris appears to suffer a heart attack. Okay, now hold on, because this, this, this skipped over a part that I noted in the shit. Okay. A really good... Scare, I'm sure, in the movie theater and, and shit that I appreciate it. So, during all of this, somebody 
runs outside. You remember that part? Yeah. He runs outside. McCready sees him. Mm-hmm. I don't remember who it was. It was he's Fuchs. running out. It was Fuchs. He's running outside. So wait, am I jumping ahead? No. No, no, you're good. Because Fuchs okay. is already burnt. So he's running outside and McCready sees him. He's running kind of fucked up. Like he don't mm-hmm. have his shit together, right? Yeah. And so McCready, he falls down. McCready runs down on him and he's like, Fuchs. And he, when he turns around, he just screams. This oh, no, that was Bennings. Scream. That was the previous part. That was Bennings. Okay. So Bennings runs out. He fucking falls down. He turns around and lets out this scream. I know that shit scared the fuck out of me. Because <laughs> I was kind of like, oh, shit, what kind of scream is that? But I love McCready was on point. He was a fucker. As soon as he screamed, he let his ass up. Burnt him the fuck He up. poured the fucking gas down and threw a flare on him and lit that and motherfucker on fire. Lit him up. All right. So go <laughs> ahead. I'm ready. I'm ready. Um, so during this part of the movie, um, McCready and Nalls go check on Blair who they locked mm-hmm. up in the tool shed. Mm-hmm. And I thought Blair was creepy as fuck in this scene. He's like super calm. He's got it. Like, did you notice that like, there's a noose hanging noose? Yes. <laughs> the noose is and there. he's like eating, he's like eating a can of like chili beans or whatever out of the can. And he's like, I don't want to be out here. I promise I'm not going to hurt anybody. I'm like, First of all, nigga, I see this noose, and you're being way too calm. You're gonna yeah. fucking hurt somebody. I don't. You're staying here, sitting there eating a cold can of beans like a fucking <laughs> savage. And then the other thing is, um, when he had his meltdown, he so he has a meltdown, right? And they yeah. have to get him. He's in there. His meltdown in that room re- reminded me of one of our favorite coaching rants when oh, Hal shit. McCray went crazy and threw the phone. <laughs> no, no, no! And threw the phone at the spin move. It reminded me of that. And the way he was shooting his gun was cracking me up, too. <laughs> Bro, he was, like, punching the gun out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> punching the gun out from the hip. And then when he was, like, to to to, to go harder on your Colin McRae shit, like, when he when the gun was empty, he just threw that shit at the wall. Yeah. I appreciated that. <laughs> but And then um, can you – and we already touched on this, but can you really imagine how stressful this situation would be? No. Like, this no. would be so stressful, right? And it's not even it's not even a thing because it's like – me and you, right? I feel like if me and you were there, we would probably... If one of us is the alien, we're going to get killed by the other because we're going to get everybody else out of there before... You know what I'm yeah. saying? But yeah. in that situation, even even us, right? We know that we wouldn't deceive each other, but you're not really you. Yeah. And I can't even trust you. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. How stressful yeah. would that Man, be, bro? You can't trust anybody. You're isolated from everybody you can't just leave because you'll die in the frigid cold like oh man i th- and i think that goes back to like what people when this movie originally came out why people didn't like it it just feels hopeless, hopeless. Like there's no out yeah yeah and how can, can you how can you how can you want to go watch that when you got you got E.T. over here. You got the happy phone home, Elliot, yeah. Eminem. <laughs> like, <laughs> you got that on the other side, but you're going to go watch this fucking stressful-ass shit. So, yeah. So, no, I feel it. This is where the movie lost me. They threw me a curveball here, and I got confused. Mm-hmm. I thought the alien had to ingest you to mimic you. Mm-mm. But then they started saying it's one cell. Mm-hmm. 
So what, I don't. How does that? It just has to touch you. It just touch. Okay, so it, it doesn't have to. Touch to you. It doesn't have to fucking eat you. Because at first they were saying it had to ingest you. Yeah. But then they figured out if it touches you, you're fucked. So like if you. So, I mean, like, when we get to the you watching or not, like, the whole premise of our shit, like, part of the rewatchability is, like, when they first get the dog to the to the research station and the dog is just walking around. They're sitting at the car, at the card table playing cards and Bendings is like, huh, and then he notices the dog is under the table. So you're wondering, like, oh, shit, is this when Bending was infected? Oh. Or... Whose fucking room did that? Like, because there's a there's a scene where the dog goes into he goes somebody's in the room, room and there's a somebody's shadow. in there. Yeah. We don't know who the fuck that is. Oh, so it just has to touch. Okay, you. Yeah. okay. And 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 then I have my note here is that I asked you already. If it only aggra- attacks when you're alone, I didn't understand this. <laughs> if it only attacks while you're alone and isolated, right? Mm-hmm. And you don't know who is actually sick at this point. Why are we growing off in groups of two? <laughs> instead of groups of three right i'm very confused at that like but i guess That's it was why. for the movie all right so you said that dude had a heart attack yeah yeah okay. so norris has a heart attack which is okay. um okay so you can continue on if that's where you stopped off that's where I stopped off. Um, before I move on, the guy who plays Norris, I can't remember his first name. It's something Callahan, I believe. Um, he ended up dying of an actual heart attack later. No fucking way. A hundred percent. He died. Oh, like no. he's dead. He died of a heart attack. Oh, and he dies in, in this man. movie from a heart attack. Oh, that's fucked up. Foreshadowing in real up. life. Rest in peace. Rest um, in peace, homie. All right, moving on. As Copper attempts to defibrillate Norris, his chest transforms into a large mouth and bites off Copper's arms, killing him. <laughs> 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 McCready incinerates the Norris thing, but his head detaches and attempts to escape before being burnt. Norris is forced to kill Clark in self-defense when he late, when the latter lunges at him from behind with a knife. He hypothesizes that the Norris thing head demonstrated that every part of the thing is an individual life form with its own survival instinct. He has everyone tied up and sequentially tests blood samples with a heated piece of wire. Everyone passes the test except Palmer, whose blood jumps from the heat. The exposed Palmer thing transforms, breaks free of its bonds, and infects windows, forcing McCready to incinerate them both. Okay, it's a lot here because that was a, that was this a, that a was big. This is like a big chunk of the movie here. This is the this is the main course of the movie right here, right? Like yep. we had we had a salad, we had some appetizer, maybe a soup, you know, some drinks. Yep. This is the stick right here. <laughs> the reveal that it was Norris was ill. I love that reveal. That was a good ass reveal. It it gave me a oh moment. I couldn't yell because my daughter was in here sleeping. But when I the, love when that the, reveal. When the stomach opened up? The stomach opened up, bit my man's hands off. <laughs> I was like, oh shit. That as ill as that reveal was, the head staying alive was even better. <laughs> That that shit, the way because I and and I love how they didn't. This is something that like we've talked about not on the podcast, me and you about shows that do this right, mm-hmm. and and like a show that we really like, The Walking Dead did this. They didn't drag this out and make it unnecessarily bullshit, right? The mm-hmm. head 
sneaks up. We don't see the head. You know, the head's sneaking around. They don't see it. And then when he tries to go past McCready, people see it. Oh, shit. Turn around. They burn the head, right? Yeah, your man said, your man said, you've got to be fucking kidding me. You see a spider (laughs) head just trying to creep out of the door. And I and I appreciated that because I thought that that was going to hide and it was going to turn into more bullshit. You know, yeah. When they, I was like, I like that. But even in those two reveals, was not as good as McCready clapping that nigga when he tried to sneak. <laughs> I was like, oh, I did not see that coming, dog. Like Bro, I kind of like saw the Clark- horror shit coming, but that I did not see that coming. Clark fucking tried it. Why? But why would he try it? I, he thought. He's stressed he, out. He thought fucking McCready was not about that life. Hey, man. Anything left out, you could blame it on the brain, not the heart. I'm playing oh. my part. Stressed out. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Duh, <laughs> stressed Clark out over there. tried it, and he got a bullet in the O-ring for his troubles. Yeah, hold this, bro. Uh, McCready had a great plan here. I, I love this plan. The he figures it plan. out. Yeah, the blood plan. He figures it out, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh. Your blood ain't going to... We know that it don't like the heat. Your blood is going to not react to the heat the right way. Yeah. Um, This is a great plan. The execution is a little concerning. Okay. Okay? I don't understand the execution of this plan. They sliced everybody's thumb to get the blood out. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is probably your most important finger. (laughs) <laughs> in this situation maybe your second most because you're using the flamethrower with your trigger finger right okay okay so maybe your second most but still it's one or two important fingers you could cut a pinky you could cut a forearm what if you yeah i was gonna say what if you don't cut a finger at all what if you cut yeah. something else cut a, a shin cut a forearm cut a cut anything cut your uh, over by your rib or something you don't need to cut. This is a bad. I don't like this execution. <laughs> I know all the blood got fucked up, but all the needles were taken and fucked up too. Like what happened there? I didn't understand. Is this the best way to do this? And then the other thing, um, this is in 1982. So I'm assuming, I'm assuming this is before the AIDS epidemic, because okay. because I think it was uh, it was the black dude on the skates. What's his name? Uh, no, Nautilus. No. Nas is cutting the thumbs. Yes. He cuts my man's thumb, the last thumb, and then McCree said, all right, you need to do it to yourself. Mm-hmm. Nigga just wiped the shit off for the shirt <laughs> and cut his finger. I was he's like, my the, nigga. He's their chef. And I'm like, bro, like, and this is the other thing, like, that y'all didn't think about. We talk, We just talked about all it needs to do is touch you. So if the blood is contaminated... Mm-hmm. And then you mm. cut yourself with the fucking knife from the contaminated mm. blood. What's about to happen to you, my nigga? Mm, I've never thought about that. That's a plot hole. So I'm just... Well, there's. A, I got some more. <laughs> um, and so, yeah. And then the other crazy thing... The other... This is this is funny. This is art imitating life. And we'll talk about this if we do a catch-up podcast. Maybe our next podcast. I was sick. And that, that delayed this podcast, right? Because mm-hmm. you were ready to record for about two weeks, three weeks now, but I was getting over being sick. I had to take a COVID test. And when their blood was being tested, is exactly how I felt. <laughs> well, I was waiting <laughs> on the results for my COVID test, bro. Like, I took an at-home test, and I had to wait 15 minutes, bro. And each minute was three years. <laughs> I was like, what? I was trying to... I, nigga, I swept the floor. I cleaned my toilet. I fucking... I fixed me something to eat. 
Three minutes had passed. I was like, what? <laughs> so and I so I knew the stress. I, I love the stress. Um and then I'm sorry, I'm going a lot. Do you need to jump in here? You no, no, go? go ahead. Okay. In hindsight, <laughs> hindsight is twenty twenty. Yeah. And while I did love this idea, this was not a great idea to tie them all to the same couch. <laughs> because when 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 the nigga's blood jumps out and he jumps out as the alien. He he's on the couch with two other people right next to them, and so he's going ah, ah, and trying to, and so you know they're like, "Yo, get me off the couch!" But you can't because you know he can't, t- and then you can't burn him because you're going to kill them, and they're not yeah, my, guilty. My man's head just opened up and ate the other dude, and then why did he freeze like that? Like. He was like, burn his ass. Like, McCready's flamethrower was Windows wasn't was a bitch. Windows was Windows a bitch. Windows is a bitch jump. ass nigga, man. Like, yeah. you know, not no RIP to you, bro. You you did that to yourself. So, so all in all, the Petri dish scene worked for you. Loved it. Loved okay. it. The suspense was great. Uh, you know, outside of these, and I'm being funny because it's a movie. I get yeah. it, right? And I'm being funny with these things. But no, I thought this was awesome. So, I wanted to clue you in on a couple of movies who have excellent, like, some of the best hold-your-breath scenes because the stress is so much. Let's do who it. Have used I got one off the top of my head. This Petri dish scene as their inspiration. What's the one you got on the top of your head? One off the top of my head, I don't think they used this scene as inspiration. They might have. But the one for me is, I always talk, when I talk about drama building in a movie in anticipation, is The Departed. It might be my favorite fucking scene in any movie. I've never seen a movie where there's no audio. There's no no talking. Mm-hmm. And I was so fucking nervous. <laughs> I was so nervous. Like, I had a panic attack watching this scene. It's when he called, you know, he finds out somebody's yeah. a cop or somebody's an undercover. They call and they just, he picks up the phone, but he doesn't say hello. And they just both hold the phone. Yep. So the cell That's phone it. scene from The Departed was inspired by the Petri dish scene. Like, that attempt to build tension and drama and stress. Okay. The other one was Quentin Tarantino in Inglorious Bastards, except he did it for 45 minutes, but it's the basement scene in Inglorious Bastards. And the crazy thing is, every time you say that, I I know how good that scene is, because that scene is about seven minutes long to me. Yeah, and, and it's, it's forty-five fucking minutes. Like if that, you, if you—that's an hour, Marcus. If you that's put crazy. the clock on from the time they come into the, the time they come into the bar in the in the basement to the time it cuts away from the bar in the basement, it's actually like forty-three and a half minutes. But it's forty-five fucking minutes, and it feels like it's it's over like that because the whole time you're not breathing. You're like. <gasps> Oh shit, what's gonna happen? Oh shit, he saw his fingers. Like that scene right there. And again, that's another one where where Quentin Tarantino was inspired by the tension that was built in that Petri dish scene. That's so, awesome. All right. Um and then the last note that I have from this whole portion of the film, Gary. Gary's request to be untied from the couch. <laughs> I fucking love it. <laughs> They yeah, test his pissed. blood. It doesn't do nothing. You got Nalls and Childs are holding flamethrowers, pointing them at Gary, and 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 uh, and and fucking McCready just checked his blood, and it didn't jump out of the petri dish. And Gary simply says, 
I know you boys have been through a lot, but if it isn't too much to ask, I'd rather not spend the rest of the winter tied to this fucking chair. (laughs) (laughs) And I totally agree with it. Because first of all, niggas are stressed out. But nigga, like, we know who the alien is, bro. And even if I was the alien, this nigga just bust out the ropes anyway. So just untie me, my nigga. Like, what you still got me in the the spit might have got on me. Come on, man. Y'all playing around. I understand. Oh, man. All right. Childs is left on guard while the others go to test Blair. They find that Blair has escaped and has been using vehicle components to assimilate uh, to assemble a small flying saucer. On their return, Childs is missing and the power generator is destroyed. McCready speculates that the thing intends to return to hibernation until a rescue team arrives. McCready, Gary, and Nalls decide to detonate the entire station to destroy the thing. As they set explosive, Blair kills Gary and Nalls disappear and disappears transforming into an enormous creature. The Blair thing destroys the detonator. McCready triggers the explosives using a stick of dynamite, destroying the base. All right. Um, yeah, I I, I felt that, So this was pretty <laughs> awesome. Um, I felt like this, this particular, we talked about inspiration. I yeah. feel like this was Michael Bay's favorite movie when he was younger. Oh, the way the shit just blows up and blows up and blows There's, up. This shit starts with the helicopter exploding. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yes. There, there is no lack of flame throwing <laughs> and flare use and and igniting igniting gasoline with the use of a flare and it, more explosions at the end. They blow up the shed. They blow up shit. They blow this up. You know, uh, I feel like there was a lot of explosions in this movie, and I think this was Michael Bay's favorite movie. I like that. I like that. Um, um, and then I, I do... Something I like about these types of movies, I do love in these types of movies when the groups decide, or a person, a character or a group, they decide, fuck that. And fuck this. Mm-hmm. If I die, I die. But we <laughs> killing this fucking thing. You know what I'm saying? Cause that's how, and that's how it is in life, right, Marcus? Like, at some point, you got to be like, you know what? I'm not doing this with you no more, bro. Yo. It's going to be one of us. Yep. We're not going to keep doing this peekaboo shit. All right? Mm-hmm. Like, we're going to get you out of here. You're going to get me out of here. If you get me out of here, it ain't because I was being pussy. Yep. I came to you, bro. And we're going to get you out of here. Yeah. At, at some point, at some point, you just accept the fact that, yeah. This is going to get ugly, and there's no way around it. So yes. let's get fucking ugly. Let's get ugly. And, <laughs> and it did, because these special effects for modern times are ugly as fuck. <laughs> but I know. But like I said, I know in 1982. You're talking 40 years ago, bro. Like, I know this shit That's was crazy. That's fire. Crazy. That's crazy. It's crazy. And, yeah. and honestly, they're, they're ugly, and they're pretty bad. But I feel like I've seen worse in newer movies. In new, so, yeah, I was gonna say, you know in what I'm newer saying? Movies. And so I can't even really be too mad at them. Like this is like, this is, this is a uh, really good special effects. Let me ask you a quick question now. What do you think is something old as fuck that has the best special effects? Anything. It could be a show, movie. I got one for you. I think it's gonna blow your mind. And you're gonna agree. With Man, me. I really, I. So for me, my, to me, the pinnacle of movies that, that it's old as fuck, but the special effects still look amazing 
my pinnacle is either Terminator 2 or Jurassic Park. And it's hard to it's hard to keep in mind those movies came out 10 mo- 10 years after this. Those movies are 30 years old. I can't even I can't even count those. Those are so fucking good. They don't. They shouldn't qualify. I agree. I. I this is where I was going with this because this was in the eighties as well, and it's not a movie, but I feel like the special effects hold up to this day, and it's Michael okay. Jackson's Thriller. Okay. Yeah. That yeah. does not like those zombies don't look cheesy, bro. Even no, now. they don't. You know what I'm saying? They don't. The only part of that movie that looks cheesy is when the whiskers. The whiskers come out. But but at the end, but everything else the- about like even Michael's like even Michael's werewolf transformation looks incredible. Like his initial like when he turns around, and he's like, "Go away!" Even now, that part is like I. It's kind of creepy. It's a little scary. I have to it's be ready scary. for it. I gotta yeah. be ready. Uh, yeah, but in yeah, the in like at the very end of it, when he turns around, he has the werewolf eyes. Yeah, like all of that was really good. And I will say this: since we're on this topic. And me and you have discussed this many times before. And I don't give a fuck. Let me tell y'all right now, bro. If you are a Michael Jackson hater or you go, oh, he molested kids or whatever, then don't come here. Because this is Michael Jackson's safe space. I love Michael Jackson to death. And I don't give a fuck what nobody says. And I don't give a fuck who you bring. Michael Jackson is the greatest dancer that ever graced the planet Earth. 100%. And one of the greatest singers, too. Yeah, but the dancing, it's not fucking close. Don't at me. Don't talk to me. And let me tell you why right now. If you are over 15 years old, you understand how zombies work. You've seen zombie lore. Zombies have become popular recently. Mm-hmm. He's with his bitch. It got turned into a zombie. Don't hold your laugh, man. <laughs> He's with his bitch after having a, 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 a tight bitch, too, with a Vicious curl, Jerry curl. A vicious curl, and He's that jean, that jean jumpsuit. Oh my god, she's on point. Ola Ray. Uh, he's with his bitch. He gets turned into a zombie. Yep. And the zombie started dancing. Yeah. This nigga danced his ass off. Let me correct that. This nigga danced his zombie off and turned back to normal Mike. <laughs> Not only did he turn back to normal Mike. The zombies ain't even fuck with him as a normal human because he was grooving that hard. The, yeah. They respected the funk of 40,000 years. Bro, they had to. Did you see what my man was doing? So don't ever come. Don't say nothing to me about Mike, bro. He's the best dancer of all time. And that jacket. Be, I will go beyond and say, I believe that Michael Jackson is the greatest performer of all time. And I, I think if you I could would... if you could jump into a time machine and go back in time and see any performer live, I don't think there's better than going to see Michael Jackson live. There's not. It's not fucking close either. And I don't care what nobody says. I'll keep it a buck with y'all. I think <laughs> I think there's two people that come close. Who? Number three on this list for me would be Beyonce. <sighs> and and number two on this list. Sleeper pick, mm-hmm. but you you're old enough and you will agree with me when I say this. Number two, MC Hammer. That's Ooh. a dancing motherfucker. That's strong. That's strong. that is a dancing ass nigga. That's strong. 
And that nigga's dancing. That nigga dancing for hours and not taking <laughs> with sweat them, like a motherfucker with them fast ass feet and that heavy ass cross chain. Getting it cracking. But all right. So anyway, sorry for the size. For, no, you, know, you good. Let's let's wrap to take this that movie up. But yeah, that that was the the, the special effects look pretty bad right here. It's a little cheesy, but I know for this time it was fire. And like I said, it, it looks bad now, forty years later. But it, I've seen worse in more recent movies. But that's what that's what I was that's the last thing I was going to touch on was that I'm glad that you I'm glad you threw that caveat in there because yes I mean that that's one of the things like again my favorite movie of all time Big Trouble in Little China it came out in 1986 when I watch it today I'm like oh my god <laughs> I can't believe they used that way like why did they go this way but at the same time it's 1986 and. When I first watched it, I was like fucking five years old and it blew my mind. Yeah. I can't imagine being can you Curtis, can you imagine being somebody who's sixteen, seventeen years old in nineteen eighty two taking your girlfriend to a date to watch this fucking movie and how scary that shit would have been. Bro. And I wouldn't, and I've been pissed because I'm looking shook right now. I'm gonna keep it real with you. I'm <laughs> supposed then, to be the macho when my girl supposed to be screaming. I'm gonna be dropping the popcorn. And then, and then, like you mentioned, it's old as fuck, but it looks better than a lot of movies coming out. If and like we mentioned in the beginning, you go back and you watch the 2011 prequel to this movie, it looks mm-hmm. worse. That's wild. It looks worse, and it's 30 years newer, and it looks it looks terrible. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, wrapping this movie up, McCready um, sits nearby as the station burns. Childs returns, saying that he became lost in the storm while pursuing Blair. Exhausted and slowly freezing to death, they acknowledge the futility of their distrust, distrust and share a bottle of scotch. Okay. And that, I thought that was a good ending to the movie. Like, you know, we're fucked. If we if we came together sooner, we probably still would have been fucked anyway. <laughs> so mm-hmm. you know th- that's the end. I, I thought it was a fitting into the movie. So I gotta ask because this is uh, massive lore to the movie. Do you think either Mac or Childs were assimilated by the end of the movie? I think they both were. Mm. Okay. Yeah, I and have I'll get to that. I have you do. Answer. I do. You want to get ahead. it now or you going to wait? No, we can wait. Let's wait. I'm okay. shocked that you have it, so I'll let you bring it up whenever you feel whenever you feel the time is right. Okay. But that's the end right. of the movie. Okay. Okay. We uh you know, we zoom out and the movies are the the whole station's on fire and McCready and Childs are sitting in the ruins just sharing a bottle of scotch waiting to die. Yeah, that's it. Um, do you wait do you wait it out and freeze to death or you try to just kill yourself? I don't ever wait it out to die. I'm like, I got this bottle of scotch. I got this flamethrower. I got this coat. I I don't know where I'm going, but I'm walking somewhere. I'm not dying here. Yeah, I hear you on that. I'm going I somewhere. Hear <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. I ain't mad at that. It can't be just the Americans and the Norwegians that have science stations. I'm going somewhere. I'm getting the fuck yeah. out of here. Yeah. So. Um. A couple points of trivia that I got that I thought, I mean, like, I could literally go all day with trivia on this movie. Okay. Um, 
but I only I grabbed the ones that I thought that were the most interesting. Um, every year, the British Antarctic Research Stations watch the thing as part of their midwinter feast and celebration. Every June 21st, um, they put it on a big giant projector and they watch the thing in Antarctica. Awesome. Okay. I think that's pretty fucking cool. Um, when the dog wanders down the hallway and it stops outside the door, there's a shadow of one of the men in the research station. Um, John Carpenter wanted to, wanted it to be mysterious who's in that room. So to film that scene, he didn't use any of the actors that are in the movie. Oh, so there's no way for you to possibly guess whose shadow that is. Okay. Um, (laughs) this one got a good laugh out of me one day after shooting, uh, a scene with the flamethrower, Kurt Russell wrapped his entire head in bandages and went to John Carpenter and told him that he had accidentally been burnt. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's fucked up. That's fucked up. (laughs) Um, and then while creating the, the character of McCready, John Carpenter and Kurt Russell discussed um, McCready having been a former Vietnam War uh, helicopter pilot who was involved in some sort of tra- tragedy and since felt disgraced by his service. Because of this, McCready suffers from PTSD, alcohol, alcoholism, and, and, and severe insomnia. This backstory did not make it into the movie, but it explains why McCready is awake to hear the dogs... He isn't phased by all of this grotesque violence, and it adds a deeper context to the line, I'm a real light sleeper, childs. Yeah. Oh, shit. Okay. Um, this is one that everybody talks about. There's a character in the movie named Mac and a character in the movie named Windows. Yeah. But <laughs> the movie was filmed and released prior to um, Macintosh and... and, uh, and Microsoft being companies. And then the last one that I'll touch on, you mentioned, because when they were cutting their thumbs, you were like, I don't know if AIDS was a thing. Part of the writing, part of the whole point of this movie was um, this was released at the beginning of the AIDS epidemic. And the fear was you don't know who's infected just by looking at them. And only a blood test would reveal it. Um, that thought wasn't lost on the writers. On the wall of the rec room where the blood test takes scene, there's a World War II era poster warning of the dangers of sexually transmitted diseases in the background. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> What's the one you got, man? What? What do you mean? You were like, uh, you said, you, you mentioned something about um, your thoughts on whether Mac or, Ch- Mac or Childs were... Uh, okay so i i just kind of feel like everybody touched everybody mm-hmm. so if it's if it's if that's all it takes then i felt like they were both infected um it was kind of weird though because if it, if they were already infected then why would the thing try to attack mccready mm. so i don't really know but i feel but i don't know Charles just kind of disappears and we don't know where he goes like yeah and and i feel like that's how a lot of people in this movie got infected off screen you don't necessarily always see it. Yeah. You know? Um, and I, I like I said, and then also it could go back to like I said about cutting the thumb. We don't we don't see we only see the guy that was sitting in the chair by himself get his thumb cut and then mm-hmm. uh and and Nall's getting his thumb cut. 
So we don't know if Akriti went first, if he went after the nigga that was infected. We don't know any of this. Okay. So there's lots of ways that you could become infected, apparently. Um, so the answer is neither of them were assimilated. Okay. Um, the, a lot of people try and fight that Childs was assimilated because um, there's, a, there's a very, starting from the very first assimilation, which is the dog walking into the room with the shadow, there's a very clear pattern that the person being assimilated, um, their eyes are very shadowy. Mm-hmm. So like their eyes will be very dark. If they're wearing glasses, there won't be a sheen on their glasses. Mm-hmm. Um, or if their eyes like they'll, they film it in a way to where everybody else in the scene will have like highly reflective lights in their eyes. And the person who's assimilated has no lights in their eyes. Mm-hmm. They're empty inside. Um, and then at the end of the movie, when there's just fires burning all around the camp, McCready is like heavily lit by flame and Childs is like just deep in the shadows. And then also the other part is like McCready, when he's breathing, he's like, he's got lots of fog and steam and mist coming off his body, coming out of his mouth. And the way they filmed it, Childs, like there's nothing. Mm. Which also would indicate that he's dead inside. But all of that is for nothing. Um, there was a game for the thing that was released on Xbox. I think it was 360. Um, and John Carpenter has stated that what happens in that game, which takes place after, is canon. And in that game, McCready and Childs both survive. And okay. neither of them are, sim- are assimilated. Okay. So... But there's do, do I there's probably like four pages worth of like behind the scenes trivia and shit that has been dissected from this movie over the last forty years. Where did you find most of it? IMDb. A lot of it's on IMDb. Yeah. I'm gonna probably take a glance into that because it's pretty interesting. There's a ton of it on IMDb. There's a lot of it on. Uh, there's like a big long deep dive article on like the film's Wikipedia. But there's a there's a lot to be picked apart um, on this movie. Okay. So, um, before we get into that, so let me bring up some stuff to you. Yeah. Or should I no? Should I give my opinion and then ask the questions? What do you think? Um, uh, I like the your opinion then ask. So, uh, nineteen eighty two, the thing starring Kurt Russell and Keith David and Wolford Brimley, um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> directed by John Carpenter, um. Kurt, if given the opportunity to watch this movie again, are you watching or nah? This one is an interesting choice. Okay. My initial thought was no. I'm not watching this again. I watched it. I get it. Okay. Mm -hmm. But talking through it with you and thinking about it a little bit more, I'm going to change my answer to yes. Damn. Okay. I I will watch this movie again. I will say this. For all, there's some, I do have some problems with this movie. I have a lot of problems with this movie. (laughs) There's a lot of plot holes, which I'll bring up to you in a second here. Mm -hmm. I feel like there's some plot holes. I didn't like the way that they kind of did some things. I feel like the movie kind of lied to me a little bit. But I will not lie. This was a very fun watch. Mm. It was a very fun watch. I feel like it would be even more fun to watch with you. (laughs) <laughs> in person um 
or anybody who just gets my humor in general, right? Like, mm-hmm. I, I feel like it would be fun. It's a fun group watch, especially with people who've never seen it. Mm. Um, and and now all of the things that you're telling me about the things that you can look for on subsequent watches yeah. makes me curious to kind of go back and watch it. Nice. So I, I, you know, I do have some problems with the plot holes. Do you want me to voice these now? Yeah, yeah, go for it. Okay. Who destroys the blood? <laughs> um, if you wanted to dive into the behind-the-scenes trivia, the the head canon that a lot of people get into, um, it's never disclosed by John Carpenter who disclose who destroys the blood. But there's a lot of interesting theories. Um, one of the theories is that if Norris was um, already assimilated at this point, he wouldn't need a key because he would be able to finagle his body into a form that could go in to the bottom of the fridge and just slash at all the blood bags. Okay. I don't know if I buy that one. I tend to think that at this point, either copper or, well, no, because they did the blood test on Gary and he wasn't and he had the key. Right. Right. So maybe copper was already infected, but like, I don't know if copper was infected, like if copper was already assimilated, then why would the Norris thing chomp his hands off? This is a really good fucking question that I never asked myself. So that's what that 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 bothers me a lot. <laughs> I don't, and, and that's just a me thing. I, you know me, bro. Like I, I, I don't like if I have a question. I feel like it needs to be answered. Mm-hmm. Who destroyed the blood? The second thing is the 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 doc the the doctor the smart doctor or the scientist, whoever the fuck figured it out. What's the biologist name? Blair? Blair. How the fuck did Blair build that spaceship over like a day? Here's my here's my plot hole. Okay? So like we already mentioned, like if there is a sentient alien life form and they're able to travel from wherever the fuck they live to where we live, it requires some some power source mm-hmm. to get that vehicle from one place to the other, a power source that we don't have because we can't get people outside of our own solar system we can't even we haven't even gotten people to the next planet Mm -hmm. so my my i feel you because my big plot hole that sticks out to me that stuck out to me when i watched this movie for the for the podcast was how the fuck okay he built it by using scrap parts of helicopters and this that and the other how the fuck was he planning on powering that thing and how the fuck did he get all of the parts there because and that's and that's a plot hole there because remember so okay my whole thing with him my my issue is with him not necessarily with the spaceship but, but with Blair because okay. Blair figures this out right we we right. me and you've determined this he figures it out quick he's on top of this shit he got it figured out when he figures it out he gets his gun and he holds up in the room yes so when did he get infected? When did he get assimilated? Because at when when we find out what's actually going on, he already knows what's going on and he's not going near nobody. So he don't Blair so my two answers to that is Blair either A was assimilated when he figured it like prior to figuring it out, or B, he was assimilated by 
whoever was assimilated and tackled him when they put him in the room. Okay, that could that could have been a thing too. That's what I was thinking maybe. Which I think kinda... was... I can't remember who tackled him. I want to say it was McCready, Childs, and Clark, but neither McCready or Childs or Clark was assimilated. God damn, this is a problem. And then the other part is, when the fuck did he get the scrap parts? Because remember, when he when he, when he finds out and he goes crazy, right before that, he is when he destroys the helicopter, right? Well, listen, this nigga tunneled the ice. Somehow, he tunneled through solid ice. <laughs> and so look, I can give I can so if if he gets assimilated either right before or right after he gets put into the shed. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Right? You don't have to explain that to me. He's an alien. The alien can have superpowers. I have no problem. I'm fine. Mm-hmm. That's okay. But I I don't know when he got assimilated. I don't know how he got the parts in there because he fucked up everything before he holed himself up in the room. Mm-hmm. And he was in his fucking Long John shirt and shit. <laughs> so he ain't had his stash on him in his coat. on Clark. Do you hear me? <laughs> <laughs> so... So that's my problem is with him. Like, mm-hmm. I don't, how he ends up being the big baddie at the end. How did we get here? I don't, I don't understand that. And aside from all those other, you know, interesting little tidbits to look out for, these are not, I've seen this movie maybe like 10 times. And I don't think these are things that can be answered with subsequent watches. Right. Like at all. So those are my big, like who fucked up the blood? How, when did he get infected? How did he get infected? And then how the fuck did he build that spaceship in like six hours? Because they didn't, they didn't really. Because remember, they didn't really leave him out there overnight. Yeah, it was a lot of shit went down, but it wasn't overnight. Yeah, most of that shit happens in like a single day. Yeah, it's like so. I I'll even be generous and give them like six hours, eight hours. Hmm. I don't think even the alien could build. You know. I could give him tunneling through the ice, but him whipping that shit up. Yeah. Where did he get the parts from? And <laughs> has he been assimilated from the beginning and sneaking in there and building that shit? Mm. Like, it doesn't, it, it doesn't, nothing adds up with that character for me. Yeah. So the plot holes in that shit bother me. It makes me not want to watch it. But the other cool shit that you talked about. Yeah. Makes me want to watch it again. Okay. Cool. So, yes, I would watch this movie again. I'm shocked. I was ready for a hereditary style rant about how this movie's trash and it looks like shit and <laughs> the fucking characters are crazy and this shit's stupid and I hate jump scares and when that nigga's chest opened up it scared the fuck out of me and I was ready to not watch this shit no more because fuck this movie. Like I was no. ready for that. It, the when I noped out was when I first, when he turned from the dog to the alien. I was like, this shit is ugly as fuck. <laughs> It's an ugly ass, and then but the the you know like the way that they have them like a husk of their body covered in blood like when they yeah. find uh, the first nigga that got ate in the room by himself that yeah. shit looked really cool man yeah. like yeah. I can't lie and yeah and, and and some of the shit was a little cheesy but it's eighty shit and honestly I feel like all Kurt Russell movies have a level of cheese to them so Kurt you know, Russell's a, a cheesy guy that. man he's he's a guy who built his career on impersonating. John Wayne. John Wayne. Yeah, but he, so... But, like, I don't know, man. If you don't like Kurt Russell, then just fuck off. I like him, though. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So I have yeah, no so problem with cool. it. 
So yeah, this is like a you know it's this a, is a whole half baked. You're cool. You're cool. You're cool. <laughs> fuck you. I'm out. Like that's what, <laughs> that's what it is Real to shit. me when it comes to Kurt Russell. Real shit, bro. But no, I uh, this is a this is a fucking weird movie, <laughs> and it has a lot of weird <laughs> shit in it. But I I appreciate it. I you know I my initial thought was like hell no, I wouldn't watch this shit again. But the small reveals that you can look for, yeah, and the fun shit like the the fucking. The, the the arms getting chopped off by the stomach, the head running Clark, around. Clark getting smoked. Yeah, from Clark out the getting blue. smoked. You know, the fuck, all the explosions. Like, it's a fun watch, man. And I, yeah. as much as I want to shit on it, I, I can't. <laughs> I'd watch it again. That's awesome. So, Marcus. Yeah. The Thing, released in 1982. Not the one that I've watched 20 minutes of, unknowingly, <laughs> like a fucking asshole in 2011. But the one that came out in our birth year... 1982 preceded both of us. It came out in mm-hmm. June. Um, mm-hmm. Starring one of your favorite actors, Kurt Russell. Yep. Would you watch this movie? Oh, sorry. Presented the opportunity to see this movie again. You watch mm-hmm. it or not? I am, man. I am. And I think the big I think the big thing is like, yeah, it was fun getting you to watch it. And yeah, it was fun like doing the podcast and talking about it. But like... <sighs> If I could have the opportunity of doing your first run of this movie in person, like to me, that's fucking gold. So like <laughs> <laughs> that shit is the oh my god. It would be so amazing to watch this movie in person with you in like first watch, never having seen it, don't know what the fuck they're getting into. And like I have that experience with other people who have never seen this movie and i'm just like this movie's 40 years old how have you never seen this and it's lauded as like one of the best special effects movies and one of the scariest sci-fi movies ever like to me it's a big like so in in mainstream it's a popular argument that when it comes to like scariest sci-fi movies or best horror movies or best sci-fi movies or whatever the fuck it's usually between the thing and the first Alien movie, Alien, mm-hmm. which yeah. came out in 79, just three years before this. I think this movie's fucking scarier. I think this movie's scarier. I think this movie's more creepy. Like, the tagline to Alien in 1979 was, in space, no one can hear you scream. Well, guess what? In The Thing, you're here on Earth on your home turf, and yep. nobody's still going to hear you scream. And that's what I was going to say when you said you think this is scary. I agree because I'm not going on a fucking spaceship cruise. Yeah. I'm not at the International Space Station. But I can tell you where I am on fucking planet Earth. A fucking couple thousand miles away from this fucking thing. So, yes, this is fucking terrifying, man. Yeah. You know, it's I got scary the alien movie. take over the spaceship. He got to figure out how to fly shit, come here and get through a bunch of shit. This yeah. thing is already here, my nigga. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I, I, loved, I love this movie. Um, I've always loved this movie. It's it's not a movie that I've watched as much as like some of the other movies that I love. So like even even watching it for the podcast, going back and watching it, I was like, oh shit, I forgot about this part. Oh man, this is really good. Oh, I never thought about it this way. So like I really enjoyed it. I'm going to look for opportunities in the future to watch it with other people who have never seen it, and I would I would definitely be willing to watch this movie again. Also, and sorry, and that's the, I figured that would be your take. Another plot hole I forgot. <laughs> the doctor who gets his hands bit off, right? Yeah. They test his blood and he wasn't infected. Right. Yeah. He but the alien infected. definitely touched his ass. 
Yeah, I don't know. Like maybe so. You it's die, a lot of if you die before you can be assimilated. I don't know. They're playing fast and loose with this shit, dog. <laughs> but it's okay because it's fun. You know, it's a fun movie. I, I'm Sweet. not mad at it, man. It's, nice, it's okay. man. I'm I'm glad to have this one in the books. Like while we were doing this, I was thinking about um, when I originally wanted us to do this movie was Mother's Day of last year. At which point I realized, like, oh shit, it's Mother's Day, and we and I called the Audible and we did Hereditary for Mother's Day. Oh, okay. But okay. I originally, I originally wanted us to do this movie last year. So finally, get yeah, into this it. Was, this was on your list for a long time. It was. This is like it when was. we discussed ideas about rebooting this shit, you were like, the thing is was like one of your first mentions. Like we kind of yeah. went through shit that we would want to see, and mm-hmm. that was one of your first ones. I was like, "Have you ever seen the thing?" And you were like, "Hell no!" I was like, "That's one of them." <laughs> yeah, and I don't know why I always I always lump together just like I do with Kurt Russell and Patrick Swayze. I always lump together the thing and Swamp Thing. <laughs> and I will tell you this: the thing is one thousand times uglier than Swamp Thing. <laughs> The thing and, is fucking terrifying. And Swamp Thing is a one thousand times worse a movie than the thing. With a thousand times worse special effects, <laughs> and it's and it's and it's younger. It's more recent. So hell yeah. No, Speaking I, of I which, man, uh, by the time we get this out, it will have been Mother's Day. So I just want to give a real quick shout out to my mom, your mom, um, my sister, um, everybody. Everybody, everybody out there who's out there doing their mom thing, um, appreciate you, love you, thank you so much. If it wasn't for women like you doing the things that you do, me and Kurt wouldn't be here with the moms that we have. So, you know, thank you and happy Mother's Day. Yeah, that's a fact, man. We, you know, us here, you watching or not, we definitely respect and cherish and honor the moms. So shout out to all the moms out there. We appreciate all of you guys. We know it can be a difficult struggle and things to go through, but keep fighting that good fight. We really, really appreciate you. You always got a place here to 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 share a platform to get a few laughs with us, unless you don't like Michael Jackson. Yeah, or or if you're trying or, to compete with the two greatest daddies of all time, because like you're just not going to stand. So you're not going to do it. Or if you like, don't like, you're, her you're good as a mom, and we thank you, but like, don't try, nigga. Don't. don't do it, man. It's, it's, a, it's an exercise in futility. So if you don't like Michael Jackson or Kurt Russell or you want to compete with us for great parent, parenting, great parent, greatest parent in the annals of history, it's not going to happen here. But outside of those three Outside things, of those unfortunate fools, thank you and happy Shout birthday. out to all the moms, man. Shout out to your mom, Jim Jones. Shout out to my mom, Wills. We love you all. Shout out to Boog, too. Boogie Got Cakes. On Instagram, at Boogie Got Cakes, if you are in the Pacific Northwest. I don't know if she ships, but her cakes be on point. They look good. I've never tasted them, but they look moist. They're delicious, and they look beautiful. Like, some of them, some, she's got some fan favorites that, like, every time I see them, I just, like, I want to taste it, but I'm just like, it looks too good. I don't want to fuck it up. I feel you on that, I, I and I can see that. And I'm also going to shout out about, you know, the, the probably my favorite. I'm not, you know, uh, Boogie ain't going to get mad. She knows. I'm also going to shout out my favorite, Visa the baby. Please, Please say, say the baby. Because uh, she's the mother of a rack of plants. So shout out to her. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> she's, a, she's a dog mom too, so. Yeah, so shout out to her. But no, it's all seriousness, man. Everybody, shout out. Happy Mother's Day. Shout out to your mom. Make sure you give your mom some love and shower her on Mother's Day. Mm-hmm. Pass that along. 
We're 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 right. we're a vessel of love here. If you watching or not, I like that. Straight vessel. up and down. I got like a six o'clock. <laughs> See, you always, you always take it too far, bro. I got a vessel for the moms. <laughs> <laughs> your your mama's moms. Your mama's mama's mama. Where your Anyways. mom's that nigga? Where your mom's <laughs> Slug it to the homies, man. <laughs> oh, oh God, we're not gonna go down that road on everybody today. All right, man. Nah, man so, so um, I'm really excited uh, about the next one. We're gonna try and we're gonna try and stay on point. So um, our goal is to get is to is to start getting these episodes out um, a little more rapid fire, and not take you know three months in between episodes. So. Up next, we have The Batman, which I am super excited to watch. I have never seen it. Um, so we'll be watching that one and we'll be coming at that. We'll be coming back at y'all real soon with that one. Yeah, um, I'm really excited about this too. And that, and anybody who's wondering where we've been, this once you hear that podcast, it will speak to it. We won't need to speak about it, but when you hear the the change in Marcus when he speaks about Batman and the fact oh, that shit. he did not see this movie upon release mm-hmm. lets you know how crazy life has been. <laughs> so if if um, but no, we I'm excited. I haven't watched it yet. I might uh, do an initial watch tonight, maybe. Ooh, it's kind of late, but I might. But um, I will definitely rewatch and be ready for us to fire off this next podcast, everybody. Absolutely. Um. Real quick, wanna wanna uh tempt all y'all guys go to our IG. You watching podcasts at you watching podcasts on Instagram, Facebook fan page. Yeah. Reach out, man. Google. Give us reviews. Give us some love. I already told y'all last time we were a five out of five podcast on Facebook. Holla at us. We out. Yeah, here. And, and and I think we might be five out of five on uh Apple Podcasts. And let me stop the presses real quick. I already shouted out Finley. Let me shout out the number one fan of you watching or not. My man, Chris. Chris. Chris right. Mr. CDW. Chris put it out on blast to so many people. And shout out uh, my 2K community. I play 2K a lot. I play with a lot of guys. They all, not all, but a lot of guys listen. And a lot of guys were so supportive and so, uh, I don't, encouraging. And so happy and proud of me. And I don't really know these guys like that. Like, I know yeah. some of them like that, but yeah. not all of them. But even the guys that I don't really know or are close with, everybody, it was just, it was really nice to hear that they enjoyed how goofy and silly we can be. You know, mm-hmm. we do this for fun. It's more for me and you than it is for anybody else, right? Yeah. But it, it's nice to know that people enjoy it. So thank y'all, man. And I know I joke a lot. I talk a lot of shit to everybody. But from the bottom of my heart, man, and from Marcus, I can tell you both of us really appreciate it. It's super humbling. Um, and it wasn't expected. So thank you, guys. Thank you, Chris. And thank you to everybody who listens to our show, even if you've only listened to one. Mm-hmm. We make jokes about it, but we appreciate every listen. Absolutely. That being all said, right, man, man, let's let's wrap this joint up and and get ready to move on to the next one. We'll catch y'all uh, with Batman on the next one, man. Yeah, the Batman will be up next, and we will catch y'all then. Be ready to hear the smooth, sensual, sexy sounds of Marcus and Kurt from You Watching or Not. Make sure you hide your bitches. Make sure you put chastity belts on them, cause the coochies is gonna be wet. Cause I might get a private jet. Take your dog to the vet. I'm <laughs> I'm wet <laughs>
<laughs> All right, y'all. I'm going off the rails, man. All right, bro. This is Kurt. I'm Marcus. And this is the episode of You Watch It or Not. We'll catch y'all later. All right, <laughs> Oh, man. This should be so damn fun, bro.